back to another episode of Recovery Daily Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Miller, and I am a grateful recovering alcoholic and stroke survivor. Today, I'm going to be exploring how I apply the principles of steps one and two of my sobriety program to the challenges that I have been facing in stroke recovery. I've mentioned um, since the beginning of the podcast show that I have found this incredible way of applying my sobriety program to the stroke recovery, and there's just a lot of parallels that seem to be happening as I had to admit that my life was unmanageable the way that it was that I needed to reach outside of myself for help. And um, so I wanted to actually talk a little bit more about that um, and what it means to me, how I look at it. So the steps come from AA, from Alcoholics Anonymous, um, and they're not really limited to Um, just addressing alcoholism. They can apply really to any um, kind of self-destructive behavior. So addicts have another version of these 12 steps. And in fact, the 12 steps really are a basis for living for anyone, you know, a drunk or not a drunk. And my sobriety program has driven home for me that people need people. Um, I was always isolating myself before I got sober. So I understand now that we are better together as human beings. And each of us is just one small piece of a greater whole. And so in the spirit of healing together, I want to focus on step two and what it means to me to be doing this podcast, to be reaching out to people on social media, and why it was so important for me when I first started six months ago and I couldn't use my digital devices at all, um, why it was, you'll, you'll understand why it was so important to me to find a way to stay in contact with people because um, this is just at the core of the healing process for me. So I was desperate and that's why I so quickly learned how to use voiceover on my phone because I just knew that I needed people in order to to heal, to start the healing process, to be able to grieve um, and talk about it with other people. So in AA, step two talks about um, how we come to believe in a power greater than ourselves. And this helps us to heal, okay? Um, In the program, it says this uh, restores us to sanity. And it's been essential for me 
in the beginning of my sobriety program to note that higher power doesn't have to be religious, although it can be for many that are in the program. It can simply be a force greater than ourselves, a recognition that I don't have to go through life's challenges alone. And so knowing that I didn't have to believe in the same God that everybody else did and that I wasn't forced to already know how to do this God religious thing, um, that flexibility helped me to stay in the program in the beginning. And so it's funny though, because over time, as I've been in sobriety, now I have these moments of impact where um, those snapshots where it feels like I have something watching over me, you know, someone, something watching over me. And it feels like a higher power is spending time with me and only me. Um, again, those are like those snapshots that I use as my spiritual home, which is what I talked about um, earlier this week or last week. And these, these moments of impact, these snapshots serve as a reminder that there is something beyond my individual self, something that's always watching over me. For me, it's a feeling. Um, in stroke recovery, as in sobriety, it started uh, with step one with me admitting that I couldn't continue to live the way that I was. And I needed to acknowledge that my life was unmanageable. And um, sadly, like right, right at the end where my head was just hurting so freaking bad, um, it got to the point where I was thinking literally, I can't live like this. You know, it was starting to be detrimental to my mental health. Um, and, you know, that my best thinking got me in that situation. My best thinking that I'm fine. I can do this by myself. No matter what everybody else was telling me, I'm fine. It'll continue to get better because headaches get better, right? I just thought it was a headache and it was just going to get better. But I was living in so much pain, trying to live a normal life and act like I was the same person I was before the stroke. And now I know the strongest thing that we can do for ourselves is to listen to our pain and our weaknesses and take action on that. It feels like a weakness to listen to your weaknesses and your pain, but it actually takes great strength to do that. It takes great strength to stop a moving object, you know, and that's really what I was. I had an incredible amount of momentum behind what I was trying to do. I was trying to push my 
career forward, my life forward. You know, I had so much drive that it took an incredible amount of strength to stop that moving object, which was me. And, but I needed to, I needed to become willing to protect my weakness and my pain. And that was the first step. That's step one. After that willingness, I came to believe that I needed outside help. That is a power greater than me. I couldn't do it by myself. I did believe that things could be different um, and that I didn't have to remain trapped in my suffering, um, but I couldn't do it on my own because that two years, that's what I, that's, that was me doing it on my own. It wasn't working. Um, my best thinking alone resulted in that unbearable situation. Six months ago, um, I walked away from work because I admitted that my life was unmanageable. Before that, I spent two years post-stroke thinking that the thing, that thinking that things were going to get better on their own, that I didn't need any help, and that it wasn't so bad. But, um, but how would I get better now at this point? You know, six months ago, how was I going to get better? I walked away, but now what? Um, well, I know from sobriety that I have to, I have to ask for help. You know, it, it's only going to happen with outside help. So in sobriety, we refer to this as higher power. It doesn't have to be God. Um, it's just merely a power greater than myself. And in stroke recovery, this translates for me into not going it alone, you know, um, just in sobriety where I attend meetings to find a power greater than myself, you know, in the beginning, it was my people, you know, other, other people in recovery, other alcoholics. And, um, I would go to meetings and I, and I could hear what they had to say and I could relate in to what they were saying And so I had to engage with others. So I knew that I needed to do the same thing in stroke recovery. Once I was able to start using digital devices with um, voiceover, I was able to start reaching out a little more. But in the beginning, it was me reaching out to doctors. That's all I was doing in the beginning. I was reaching out to my family, my friends, and doctors. That was it. Um, I really, really wanted to be able to connect with other stroke survivors, but I didn't have the physical ability to do it. I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't search on the internet. Um, I had a couple people around me searching for me. But, um, you know, I just, the other people, they have other priorities, you know, um, 
and I really wanted full on to go to a bunch of 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 recovery stroke support groups and um and get engaged and it really wasn't until I was able to start slowly um you know I would actually like put in a URL into the browser and then I would look at whatever came up on the screen and then like later in the day I would without looking scroll down like one one movement of my finger and then I would look at the screen to see what was on the screen and then I'd come back again later like that's how slow I had to do it um now I can look away scroll with my finger and then look back at the computer and I can do it a couple times before I have to walk away. So um, that's progress, right? <laughs> um, it's sad, but yeah, it's progress. So um, so this is where the work is for me. Um, it's, it's about forming a team of people who are stronger together than I could ever be by myself. And I affectionately call this Team Rachel now. And I cannot trademark that because I stole it from a friend of mine. <laughs> so Team Rachel consists of my doctors, fellow stroke survivors who don't even know they're on Team Rachel, family members, friends, and stroke support groups. And um, I said stroke support groups, so that's my cue to give a shout out to the Stroke Survivors and Caregivers Support Group at Inova Loudon Hospital. This support group meets virtually on the second Wednesday of every month from 11 a.m. to noon, and no registration is required. For more information, you can email our friend Jill, and I will put the information in the description of the episode if anybody is interested in joining us um, at the next at the next stroke support group. So there we go. High stroke support group if you're listening. Okay, so there's so much illness that is inside of us that can't be seen when we isolate ourselves. And, and I have it overflowing. If, if I isolate myself, this illness inside of me, mental health, illness, um, it just starts to boil, you know, it's like turning up the heat and putting the lid on. It just starts to expand and boil and it's ready to explode, you know, in whatever dangerous or terribly depressing way that it's going to come out. So, um, if I, if I isolate and try to go it alone, that's where I just get sicker. Um, I think very much, so much, so often of my friend who passed away two years ago in January. And he's one of the reasons why I've begun to recover out loud. I think of the silent pain that he carried with him, the pain that only he could see, 
um, I have this way of, I don't know if you, if you can call it over empathizing, but I almost empathize to the point where it's not healthy for me. And I find myself sometimes putting myself, imagining myself in his shoes, you know, alone at night, uh, drinking, you know, in the dark, in the quiet, in the cold. Like, I put myself in this place where I imagine he may have been. And I don't want to carry that silent pain like that. And I don't want anybody else to carry that silent pain. It means everything to me. And instead, I want, I want to use it to help other people. Since he couldn't find a way to save himself, his death will not be in vain if I can use it as strength and conviction to help others by talking about that pain out loud, that same pain that I have felt, that same pain that if I don't show up here every day, if I don't show up to my 7 a.m. meeting every day, that pain will start to expand and boil and get dangerous inside of me. So the answer for me is to associate with others who have felt that silent pain. Just like step two encourages me to believe in a power greater than myself. And that's what it is. That's what we are together is a power greater than myself. So we need each other. Each of us is only a piece of a greater whole. And together we can find strength to heal and recover and to live more joyfully in whatever capacity that I recover from here on out, I know that I can at least, at the very, very least, I can add joy into my life by, by being with other people by sharing my experience, strength, and hope with other people, and by listening to other people's experience, strength, and hope. So thank you for joining me on this episode of Recovery Daily Podcast. I hope you found inspiration and hope today. Please don't hesitate to reach out to me for any reason. I can be found on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, YouTube at Rachel Miller Recovery Daily. You can email me at Rachel at recoverydailypodcast.com. And you can go to my website, recoverydailypodcast.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.